Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. What I have tonight is really, really simple, and I've actually titled it, Keeping It Simple. So go ahead and turn to 1 John uh, 5, 14. You know, things with God should be easy. It should be simple. And I've only got like four points, just things that, you know, I've just been thinking about lately and, and stirring myself up in. So I'm going to go through them. God's so good. All right, First John 5.14, Confidence and Compassion in Prayer. Was, it's the title of mine. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So the first point I have is we should be hearing from him. You know, if you're growing, if you're, if you're wanting to grow, you should be hearing from him, whether it's on direction or whatever it is. You know, you should be in communion and, and communication with him daily. You know, in Genesis, Adam and Eve, I mean, that was just, that was the norm for them. They walked, they talked with him. There was nothing awkward. There was nothing in the way. It was perfect. And this original scene, that was the way God intended it. That's the way that he wanted it to be. You know, he could have made robots that said, you know, all hail God, you know, every five minutes. So he didn't. He, he made them and us free will agents. And we have that choice, you know, to communicate with him and spend time with him. And if we want to hear from him, you know, we, we can't just, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we can't just put him on the back burner. We can't do that. We have to put him first. So, you know, things with him... As far as being, um, things with him should be easy and simple, and things with God just make sense. If things, if you're just so confused and things are complicated, it's either your mind complicating it or it's the devil trying to screw you up. And, you know, don't let that happen. You know, things with God, they just make sense. It's common sense. If you want something from God, that you are perfectly capable of doing, you don't have to pray for it. It's, it's that simple. And I know you're looking at me thinking, duh, you know, that, I know that. But really evaluate yourself. I, I, I know every one of us has done that at some point. Or, or you're, you've just gotten so down in an area you don't even realize, you know, something you can handle. You know, you don't have to, you know, go into intercessory prayer if it's something that you are capable of, of doing. You know, something simple. You know, you don't have to pray and beg God to help you walk in love when he's already told you that you can. You just got to go do it. You know, if you need to go talk to someone or whatever, you just do it. It's just simple like that. So, you know, if, if you do pray for things that he's already given you or he's already told you in his word, you're just going to hear crickets. Seriously. I mean, and that's, that's really discouraging. And if you get in a habit of that, 
you're going to start to pull away from God, and you don't want to do that. You know, you'll pray, and you'll ask, and why am I not hearing? And you just need to stop yourself. And, you know, and if you're so confused, just say, you know what? He's given us the Holy Spirit. Just ask the Holy Spirit, you know, say, remind me. Remind me of what it was he told me to first do, you know. You may have overthought something and just have gotten away from it. And, you know, he'll, he'll bring it back up to you and do that. Do whatever it is that's in the word. He'll bring up a scripture. Maybe even, you know, something you don't know. When you ask him to do that, maybe someone in church will come up, you know, and say it. Or it'll come from your pastors, you know, preaching. And you're like, yes, you know, that's exactly what I needed. You know, he, God is simple. He's easy. He will do that for you. So, okay, we read First John. Um, you know, it's talking about the confidence that we have in him when we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. And, you know, when you ask for something, you still have to do this in faith. You can't just ask him for something and then keep going, okay, where's my answer every second? Sometimes you just have to shut your mind off. You have to ask and be confident. I love the scripture. I read it a lot, and I read it, um, you know, probably once a month before I come to prayer. You know, just it stirs me up. I know he's hearing, you know, he hears me, and I'm getting the things that I ask, and he's working, you know, on our behalf when we pray. But you do it in faith. You do it confidently. You know, ask and be confident. That's a respectable, honorable way that you should treat him. You know, you treat someone um, respectfully. You, you trust. You know they're going to do those things that you asked. And that's how we should treat him, you know, when we're asking for something. You know, do you trust that he wants that thing that you asked given to you? You know, do you, do you believe that he wants you blessed? The more time that you are spending with him and, and communing with him, the more you know him and you know his character, you'll know, yes, he does want that for me. He does want me blessed. And you won't be afraid to be bold and ask for things that you want. You know, God's good that way. So don't expect to hear when he's already told you what to do in his word or in a service. I think I kind of already said that, but if you're not hearing, there's really good reasons. One, Jesus is not Lord over that area of your life. Do you know that it's possible to be, Jesus is your Lord, and you trust him with your life. You're trusting him with your future, but you don't want him touching your finances. You don't want him touching your love walk. You can compartmentalize and not want him involved in that. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to do that. Okay, I'm going to give you my heart. You know, you're singing the songs and then, but there's areas that you do, you just don't want to give him. And, you know, think about it. Do you want him or not? Do you want him involved in every part of your life? You know, he will take every area, he'll make it straight, he'll make it great. You know, if you let him, he'll just completely revolutionize every area of your life. There shouldn't be any part of your life 
that you try to hide or compartmentalize away from, from your Lord. You just, you know, you'll be so glad. You'll be like, why? Why didn't I, you know, give this to him sooner? I mean, you, uh, there's never, I've had those areas. And any time I turned it over to him, I was like, you know, you, you try to do certain things in your own, you know, whether it's making money for something or how you're treating someone. You, you, you try to do it in your own, and you, real, you finally come to the conclusion that it's not working. You cannot do it. Any time I've ever had that situation happen and I turned it over to him, my life became so uncomplicated. It was so easy. I mean, he came in and just fixed it so fast, so good, and I've, I've never, ever regretted it. Never. I mean, he's so good. He's, he's dying to, to take every part of you and make it better. You know, let's let him do that. So number two I have for keeping it simple is keep your priorities straight. I heard one yes. <laughs> this one can be a touchy one, but this, this just goes along with, you know, letting him in to every part of your life. You know if you're not. You know if you're not keeping your priorities straight. You know. It's not complicated. You know, at any one moment, you can stop and rearrange your life to make things right. I mean, it, it just takes a second, okay? You know, it might seem really difficult at first. Okay, well, you know, I might have to change my schedule here. And, you know, a lot of us are creatures of habit. And you might have to change your routine. But I'm telling you, your life will be so much simpler, easier, enjoyable if you put him first and you keep him as the priority. You will, you will definitely say, why didn't I do this before? You know, and remember, your kids are watching you if you have kids. They see what's a priority in your life. So it's not just about you. You know, you're affecting someone else. And it's and literally not just your kids. You know, other people in the church, I remember when I first came in here, and I, I mean, I was learning from so many of you. I, I was watching. I wasn't the most talkative and the most social, but very observant. And I noticed, you know, I, I noticed people's lives. I noticed fruit. You know, and, and I noticed, okay, you know, I want my life to be like that. You know, I want my children to be like that. And, you know, people notice, and it affected me. You know, it, you affect people around you. So, um, but specifically with your children, you know, they do notice if God's not a priority. And you don't want them stumbling over the same stuff that you did. You know, you don't want that. So, you know, take a step back and look at things in your family and say, what are areas that I don't want them stumbling over like I did? Are, you know, are you going to set them up for that same failure? You know, and we talk about this over in the youth all the time. You know, don't, you know, we don't talk about dating. That's up to you guys. As far as in the youth group, we don't have it. We, we just don't. There's no boyfriend and girlfriends in youth. But, you know, as far as what you decide for your children, that's up to you.
But we will always say, you don't date someone that's not a believer, you know. Yeah, not, it's not enough to just say, and we get this all the time, well, they're born again. Um, where are they going to church? I don't know. I mean, we get that all the time. I don't even know. You don't want that. That's, you're setting yourself up. And then there's parents that let it happen. You, I look back at my teenage years, and I, I do not want my kids going through what I did. I lived that life. You know, when I started coming here, I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes that my kids, you know, put God first in their lives. And they do not, I am not setting them up to stumble. I'm not setting them up to fail. I'm not going to let them do things that I know are not right. You just don't want to do it. All right, so it turns to Romans 12.2. You know, a lot of the stuff you've heard before, this is not new, but it's, it's simple. These are just simple steps, simple things to think about, and you can make simple changes and just get things straight and have the best relationship with God ever. And I'd say 99% of the time, it is something simple that you can change. So number three I have is your mind is your mind. Keep it your mind. (laughs) Seriously. I know it sounds funny. Um, But, you know, God's given us everything. Actually, multiple things to help keep us and help keep, you know, our minds under control and performing the way that it ought to. He's even given us the answer there. So Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So it's talking about renewing your mind. Yes, you've heard this probably a million times. But it's so, so important. God wouldn't have put it in the Bible if it wasn't so important. I mean, think about it all day. You go to work. You're dealing with kids. You're dealing with traffic. You are bombarded. You know, get on your phone. There's like a million different things screaming at you and on your phone. I mean, your mind can get so caught up and so busy. And you you haven't even thought about him all day. You know, you got to take your mind and don't let that happen. You know, it's like when my, I need my cat. We, we take the cat on trips and stuff. But sometimes when we get home, she doesn't want to get out of the car. So I grab her by the nape of the neck and just, you know, it doesn't hurt her. Jack thinks it's cruel, but it doesn't hurt her. If any of you cat people know, I grab her like that. And, you know, I hold her too and, and then put her in the house. But you got to do that with your mind sometimes. You need to say, stop. I'm serious. Just picture that. You know, I'm I'm serious. You have to do that because your mind and thoughts and things that are contrary to what God is saying to you, they will scream at you. And they will try their hardest to be louder than what the Word is saying, what He's saying, what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. You've got to keep it under control. You can't spend all day 
you know, on the internet or doing whatever with your brain, just watching TV all day, you can't do that and keep it under control. You're, you're not. You're going to have all those other things just knocking down your door. So I looked up transform because I really wanted to get a good meaning on that. And it says, make a thorough or dramatic change in the form, appearance, or character of. Now, I mean, who, who wants to be just you? I think in, in everyone's heart, there's something that wants to be greater. You want to be more than just, you know, just you. It's, I think that's why people are so obsessed with the superhero movies. You know, it's exciting. You know, because it's in your heart. Something bigger, you're, it's the supernatural, it's in there. God's placed it in there. It's there for a reason. And if you want to be transformed, the Bible's telling you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You get your mind on the right things. It's huge. You've got to do this daily. It's not a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and a Wednesday thing. Your mind throughout, you have an entire week where your mind will scream at you and will overpower if that's all you do. And, and then you can get discouraged, wonder why you're not hearing from God. You're not going to. You, you've, you've got to have your priorities straight, and this is one of them. You know, getting the word is definitely one of them. It's simple. It's not hard. It's just a matter of Maybe changing your schedule, taking five, ten minutes out here, doing, reading your Bible, in, re, listening maybe to the service instead of listening to music when you're getting ready in the morning. Or, you know, praying on the way to work. You know, I go through that where, you know, I, it's a great time to pray. It, when I, whenever I have to drive to Gainesville or something, it's a great time to pray. I don't always. But there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I kind of just want to listen to music and just kind of chill out. And I'm like, you know what, if I don't have any kids with me, I've got to take this opportunity, you know. So just check up on yourself. I guarantee you, you have time. You just have to make it. It's worth it. You think your life is so complicated. But when you take those times, you ask God, show me, Holy Spirit, show me where I have time to listen to you, to talk to you, to read your word, to pray. You do it and your life will begin to unfold. It's not complicated like it used to be. I guarantee it. Um, you know, so being transformed, you be transformed by renewing your mind, and that's by the word. Being and doing what he's told you and who he's told you that you are. You know, it's so simple. You know, you continue, you be transformed. You continue to be you, but you're the God you. You're not just you when you do it that way. And I, and I know that's in everybody's heart. It's what you want. So turn to Philippians 4.8. Like I said, you've heard all this stuff before, and it's really simple. You know, God's not trying to make us all go through, you know, grad school and doctoral school before we can have a blessed life. Thank God, you know. He's made it so easy. It's so easy. We just, we tend to want to make it more complicated than it is. We want to stumble over the easy things. We want to say, it can't be that easy because things that are really worth it are hard. 
You know, I mean, you hear that. You see that on TV. You hear it in commercials. And, you know, it, it's really not true. It's, it's simple. Things with God are simple. And, you know, don't stumble over it. Just purpose not to. Okay, so I told you to turn to Philippians. Is that right? Okay, meditate on these things. Finally, brethren. So if you're having trouble with your mind, it's getting out of control. God tells us exactly what we're to think on. You know, first, you know, if, say you're mad at someone, you know, do the cat thing, grab yourself. <laughs> say, I'm not going to think those thoughts about that person. I'm not going to do it. Well, then you need to replace it with something. God's given you right here. This is what you replace it with. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, and maybe you can't even think of anything true or noble about that person. <laughs> maybe you're like, there's nothing, there's nothing good. Well, then get your mind on something else. You know, it may not be about that person, but whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything, I mean, he said anything. He's saying you can find something. He's saying, come on. Yeah, trust me, you're not going to be able to stand before him one day and say, you know, I couldn't do it. He's going to say, I told you. You know, I gave you a million different ways to handle this situation. And you won't be able to say a word. You just say, yes, sir. <laughs> Because he's, I mean, he's making it so easy. He said, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Don't let yourself meditate on the bad things or the bad report or the ugliness, you know, that maybe came out of that person that, you know, you're struggling to walk in love with or whatever. Don't let yourself. Because if you do, the devil will just take you by hand and walk you down a road you don't want to go. You know, he'll try to pull you out of every blessing that he can. And you do not want that. You know, if you did just what the scripture said this week, this was all you heard tonight, and you ignored everything else I said, you'd have an amazing week. I'm serious. I mean, think about it. Think about how many times you're just thinking something. It, it can become so easy to think thoughts that aren't lined up with God's word. Because of, every, like I said, everything that's blaring at you, whether it's on a TV, it's on a computer, it's at work, things that you hear. You know, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to keep it on the right thing. You've got to keep it on what God says. You, you have to. And I remember Pastor talking about this uh, maybe seven, eight years ago. No, it was probably like ten years ago. You talked about when you're on the river and there's a float, and you were talking about how, you drift away. You said, and I rem it was such a good picture of you, you let go of, of that raft and that current. And, I mean, it just takes you. You don't, you don't even, I mean, that's the way the world is. You don't even have to, I mean, you're just gone. You get in that river and you, you get away from your tube or whatever and you just, you just start going you know, you, it, you're on that perpetual ride while we're here. There's things we have to do. We cannot be lazy. We cannot be lazy spiritually. There's things you absolutely have to be proactive with. And when it's your mind, you know, 
It's one of the top dogs. You cannot let it go where it shouldn't go. Like I said, you know, the, the devil, that's, that's a huge part of his realm, and he can get you in there every time if you, you go down the wrong road with it. So God's told us. He said exactly what to do. Whatever's true, whatever's noble, and you can find something. Don't tell me you can't find anything. You can find something. You know, your brain is so, um, it's so complex, so wonderfully made. I mean, it's a gift from him. You know, we just sometimes aren't using it the right way. We're supposed to. I think they say that we don't even use like half of what we're capable of using in our brain capacity. But, you know, you have to train your, your, um, your brain and your mind. You have to train it. You have to keep it under control. And that is something that, that's never going to leave, you know, and until we pass on, you know, and you just don't, you don't open that door to the devil. You don't open it up to his ideas because if you're not doing what this says, you are. Um, praying in the spirit is a good way to get your mind quiet. Um, first of all, I, I know every time I leave prayer on Monday night, I'm just like, I feel like, well, I've only had a massage once, and that was at my sister's wedding. That was years ago. And I just remember how relaxed I felt. And It's like that every Monday night when I leave here. I just feel like I don't have all that stuff bombarding my brain. And my mind just, it's like I push it aside. I spend time with God. We pray. We're getting things done. And, and I don't even really notice it until I get in a car and I'm going home, and it's just... I don't know. It's like maybe I shouldn't even be driving. It's so good. <laughs> it's just God's good. I mean, you think, you know, mentally, well, I've got things I need to do. So I can't come. I can't spend that time praying. You know, that's what your mind's going to tell you. You're just adding one more thing to your list. And the real truth is when you get in here and you wholeheartedly you know, fervently, pray in the spirit, you know, give that time to God, the opposite happens. You're at such peace. You can hear from God. Just, it's like easy. And your, your mind is quiet. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's a huge blessing. He didn't even have to do that for us. You know, I mean, we're, he, he gives us this opportunity to pray, change things. I mean, we can change things through prayer. We can make changes we pray now that will affect things even after we're gone. I mean, everybody says, you know, you, you only take people to heaven with you, like people you get bored again. You hear that saying? And I thought, yeah, it's true, it's true. You know, that's because you're not taking stuff, obviously. But I thought about this, and I thought, you know, when we pray about things, we set certain things in motion. And we might not be here tomorrow, but those things... We put God on the scene. We've allowed him to move in those areas. And, and that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing that he's trusted us with. I mean, that's, that's huge. You know, you know how you're scared to give your kids certain things because you know they're just going to wreck it? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, I, I seriously think, God, you're trusting me with this. And it's so humbling you know, whatever it is that he's asked me to do. And I mean, that is an amazing amount of trust. 
But, you know, you got to believe and realize, you know, if he's asked us to do these things, if he's asked us to come to prayer or whatever, he's equipped us to do it. And not just that, he'll bless us for doing it. You know, he's just so good that way. So, okay, I'm totally getting off here, but on a whole different area. Um, okay, I was talking about praying in tongues. Praying in the Spirit will get your mind quiet. But sometimes when you pray in the Spirit, your mind can start wondering. And when I come in here and I've, I've started bringing my kids on Monday night, I make, you know, I make them all sit near me. And I, you might see me doing this because, I'm, well, Mia's sometimes falling asleep. That's why I do that, but um, not always. She'll be praying and Nate will be praying, and I know that their mind is starting to go elsewhere. They're starting to think of other stuff, and I tell them, focus, you know, focus. Don't just let your mind go off, you know, somewhere else. Don't be thinking about what you're going to play when you get home or whatever. You know, focus, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and we do that to the youth over there. We don't just let them, you know, they would love to be able to come to prayer and kind of get in the corner where no one can see them. And we don't let them do that. You know, we kind of stay together and we keep our eyes on them. And, you know, we might be like kicking them and stuff. Hey, focus. (laughs) You know, keep them awake or, you know, keep them from their minds wandering. So, you know, if if you're having a big situation, you're struggling with really heavy thoughts or a really heavy situation, you know, for me, the first thing I do is take authority over the situation. I rebuke thoughts immediately if they don't line up. I do that before I do anything else. I say, that is not God. I'm taking authority over that. It could be a situation that's true, but if my thoughts about it aren't lining up, whether it's what someone else said or what I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm going to take authority over that. That's the very first thing I'm going to do. I don't just start praying in spirit about it. I take authority over it. And I use the ability and power that's, that God's given me, the authority to do that. You know, it's kind of like skeet shooting. You know, the skeet comes up and you shoot it down immediately. You know, something that doesn't line up with God's word shoot it down. And that's, you know, that's part of why we come here. We need to know what lines up with God's word, what does and what doesn't. So you've got to know that first. So you shoot it down right away. You take authority over it. And then I take some time praising him, you know, because like I said, your mind will want to, it's going to push at you. It's going to want you to continue to think on the bad situation. And when I take authority over it first and I spend some time praising him, you know, I usually do that and then I approach him and tell him, you know, this is what I need. And I don't tell him 20 times. You, that's just basically you thinking about the situation 20 times. And like I said, it's not really respecting him. He's heard you. He's told us. He hears you every time you pray. I tell him about it. You know, I praise him. I thank him that he's going to take care of a situation. Um, turn to Ephesians 5.17. God's given us another way to help take control, keep our minds under control. Ephesians 5.17 through 20. Therefore, do not be unwise. He's saying, don't be stupid. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, 
but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're spending time praising him, you know, and it sounds, uh, sounds really spiritual, like, ooh, like when I first heard that scripture, um, I kind of ignored the rest of it. I kind of focused on the first few lines, be filled with the spirit, you know, don't be drunk with wine, and kind of ignored the rest because it sounded way too spiritual to me. Singing like psalms and hymns and, you know, I was like, huh? But it's really, really simple. Don't let it be scary to you. Um, when you're singing psalms to God, your mind, your mind's not going to wander off because you're thinking about your next words of what it is that you're praising him. And it should be from your heart. And it's really, it's, it's not difficult. Um, Mia even does it. She, a few um, weeks ago, we got home from prayer, and she was singing, um, set a fire down in my soul song, and I believe it was because they had done it in Faith Island. But she's singing it, and I'm like, okay, I'm listening to her, I'm going to clean up the kitchen or something, and she forgot the words, but it was great. She just filled in her own. And I thought, you know, she's singing psalms, hymns, and I joined her. And we, were, we, we ended up both singing it to each other back and forth, you know, about God, God's goodness, just to that tune, you know, a song that we're both familiar with. It was so simple. And we just got so built up. I mean, we were going back and forth, and I was like, you know, this is the first time I've ever actually done that with a person. You know, I've, I've you know... We praise God, we have songs, we sing, but to do that with another person, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like we were laughing so hard when it was over. I mean, we were so filled up. We were already filled up because we'd come from prayer, and, but it was like, you know, you can always go further. You can always get more joy, you know, from God. It was so fun, and I thought, she's seven years old. She doesn't even know what she's doing. She doesn't know she's doing what this says. But if she can do it, we can do it. You know, just take a song, and a, a tune that's really familiar to you. Could even be some commercial that was stuck in your head. You know, I always say it's an earworm. It's something annoying. But you can take a little jingle, like, you know, and, and, and just throw in your own words if you have to start there. You know, sometimes I want to sing something that was in praise and worship, and I can't remember what the song was. I just get so annoyed. So I'll do this instead. You know, I, I, I remember the tune, but not the words. Fill them in yourself and think, you know, use your speak to God, you know, from your heart, you know. When you're doing that, you're, your mind's not going to wonder because you're using it. You're actively using it to praise God. And you'd be shocked at how full you'll get. And don't, you know, you know, praying in the Spirit is vital. It's so huge. But this is important, too. You know, take time to do this, too. Sing psalms to him. You know, it's just, it's just singing songs from your heart. It's, it's really simple. All right, turn to Isaiah 26. But this will help you. This will help you, you know, keep your brain under control. 
Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When your mind is on the right thing, it just, it can change your whole day, your whole week, your entire perspective. So keep, keep your mind on him. And, uh, and we've talked about some different ways that you can do that. Ultimately, it's all about him. It's all about his word and spending time with him. But these are different ways that you can do that. You know, do what works where you're at. You know, you can't just bust out and praying in the spirit when you're at work really loud. You can't do that, you know. But ask the Holy Spirit, you know, where you can take time to do these things. You can pray quietly at your desk. You can do that. Or you can sing psalms. You can totally do that, you know, when you're at work or especially when you're in your car and stuff. Turn to Joshua 1.8. This is another good reminder of where your mind needs to be, what it needs to focus on. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law, Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, first, the first thing he said was, it shall not depart from your mouth. Do you think it's important to open your mouth and say something? Yeah, you can't just, you can't just read. You can't just Read your Bible. You, you, you can, but if you really want to walk out, be who God wants you to be. Do what God wants you to do. Be blessed. You've got to open your mouth. You've got to say things. You've got to take control of your situation. You've got to spend time with him, and that involves opening your mouth. And he knew this. He wrote this. It shall not depart from your mouth. He said you shall meditate on it day and night that you observe to do all that is written in it. It's just simple. It's doing what's in it. It's doing what you heard. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Like I said, you know, there's probably a million different seminars people pay tons of money to go to to learn how to make their way prosperous. And we got the answer right here for free. (laughs) It's that simple. It really is. It's so simple. And God's not trying to hide it from us. He doesn't do that. That's not his character. All right, so I, I looked up the, um, the Message Bible version of Joshua 1.8, and it said, And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything that's written in it. He didn't say practice some of it. He said everything. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. You know, that's good news. That's way easier than spending $1,000 to go to a, something in Orlando and listen to some motivational speaker or whatever. Way easier. All right, so number, actually, no, this is still part of number three. Anyway, don't get into a mental battle with the devil. Just don't do it. In Genesis, turn to Genesis 3, 1. This is a real quick, easy example. All right, for time's sake, I'll go ahead and read it. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, 
lest you die. Then the serpent said, you will not surely die. So what was her mistake? She answered his questioning. She should never have answered him in the first place. Who is he to question the one who set her there and gave her everything? She should have said, who are you? You know, and just stomped on him. She should have been like, you don't even belong here. You know, got crazy with him. So, but she, her mistake was, our, but we do that. We, we, the thought comes, and we entertain it, and then we have these little arguments back and forth. And that is just, just might as well open the door and let the devil just come stay with you, you know? That is his realm. He loves that. Don't, just do not get into a mental battle. Do not do it. You know, she should have immediately balked the very second he questioned her maker and what he did for her. You know, you do the same. Remember this. When, when, a, when a contrary thought comes, you know, and it may just be your mind. The devil might not even have anything to do with it. He might not even bother you because you're so good <laughs> at beating your own mind up with the wrong. I'm serious. You're just making his job easy. He, he's got time to do stuff elsewhere. It's not always the devil, you know. But, you know, you do open the, if it's not, you open the door wide for, for him to do that. And, you know, do not go there. Stick with the word. You know, rebuke those thoughts. Do not have a conversation. Do not meditate on the, the, the things that are contrary. So number four, this is important, um, and keeping it simple, is just remember who you are. When you know who you are, you can sail through so many obstacles right there. When you, you're someone who, turn to 1 Corinthians 6, 19. You're someone who was bought at such a great price. You know, think about something really expensive. Think about how excited you were, something you spent a lot of money on. You were excited to get that thing, whatever it was. You know, it doesn't even compare to what he paid and the excitement he had at what he got out of it for us. He did that for us. And even when we didn't know him, didn't care to know him, were acting crazy and, you know, it didn't matter. He still decided, I'm going to do this for them, and I'm going to pay the ultimate price. I'm going to pay with my life, my blood, all right, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know? He's saying, come on, don't you know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You know, you have Jesus, you're not. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The second you ask Jesus into your heart, you just gave your life to him. Remember that. Remember, because it's a, it's a really good deal. <laughs> he gives you his spirit inside of you. You're not just you anymore. You, can, you, you have the victory and can sail over anything that comes your way. He's given it to you. You need to remember that. 
when you're really discouraged about something and you're like, I always fail when it comes to this, or I'm always terrible when I need to talk to someone about this. Remember who you are. You are not just you. It's not just about you. He's in you. You can do it. You know, and then I, I know the Holy Ghost was telling me this the other day, or, or it was actually a while back, and I included it. Wait on me. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, he'll, he'll bring something up to you. And, and, and I don't mean I hear a voice. You know, you know how when you're working on something, you can't figure it out, and just it's like light bulb, you know? For me, it's like that. It just, it just drops. The, the answer just drops on the inside of me, and you just know. You know, it was like that. Um, he said, you know, have you ever bought something expensive and regretted it? He said, do you want to be that thing? Do we want to be that I don't want to be that. You know, literally, I don't think God's ever going to regret that he paid that heavy price for me. But I don't, I don't want to ever disappoint to where it's like even a possibility. You know what I mean? He paid that huge, huge price. I want him to be really, really proud. I want him to be so excited of what he got in return. And so grateful, like, wow, you know, look how they turned out. Look what they did. Look what they used with what I gave them. You know, that's what I want. All right, turn to 1 Peter 1.18. Basically, these are just several scriptures, and I'm just to stir you up and, and remind you who you are. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we were purchased, we were purchased with his blood, you know, his life. He gave that up, you know, and that's huge. Turn to Psalms 8, 6. And for time's sake, you don't have to turn. I'll just read them. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. He's talking about us. You know, remember, we have dominion here. You know, if, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you have dominion. And he's, he, he's put things under our feet. You know, there's certain things we don't even have to do. It's done. Just remember. Remember what you have. Remember who you are. And 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're not here by accident. There's, there's, there's no accidents. He chose us. He worked hard to get you, to find you, to find someone who would minister to you, tell you about Jesus. He chose us. He did that for us. And 1 Peter 5, 7 is casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Part of remembering who you are is remembering you have him. There's nobody greater, nobody greater, and he cares for you. 
He cares, even if it's something really small in your life. He cares about it. He cares for you. And also, turn it, well, don't turn, but write it down. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I'm just going to read the first part. Then God said, this is so simple, it just stirs me up. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and, and so on. It says, so God created man in his own image. He didn't create anything else in his image. Nothing else. That's how special we are. We are special. We are set apart. He didn't make us like a horse or a bird. He made all them, you know, different. And he, they didn't, he didn't make them like him or to look like him. He made us to look like him. So, you know, remember that. These are just simple things. And like I said, it's, it's not, you know, it's things that you've heard. But the things with God, you know, they should be, they, they are simple. They are. And you might have to just tell yourself that every day. You know, wake up and just praise him and say, you know what? I'm going to hear from you and I'm going to keep things right, keep my priorities straight and just, you know, keep God first. And you just, you, it can be so simple and your life can be so changed dramatically. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.